Now, let's go into the message from Pastor Brandon Hill entitled, A Living Hope. And that you and I, more than ever, as believers of Christ, need to cling to the hope that lies within. And so my job and my assignment as I go in your homes tonight is to reassure you of the hope that we have tonight. And that the hope that we have is a living hope. The reason why, the, here's the thing, an empty tomb is what solidifies our faith. An empty tomb, ladies and gentlemen, is what solidifies our faith. It is what gives our faith uh, uh, credence among any other faith or religions that are out there because we have the proof that a real God came in the person of Jesus the Christ and he rose again. There is no other God that can that on record can 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 say that they were able to die and then get resurrected. There is no there is no record there ladies and gentlemen. And so I want to remind you of the hope that lies within tonight. Here we have it that Peter in this text ladies and gentlemen is writing to a group of chosen or he says in verse 2 the elect those who were chosen. Uh, it comes across with the whole idea of predestination, uh, where some people believe that, well, in error, that some people believe that God chooses some to go to heaven and others to go to hell, and that's not even the truth. It is that in God's foreknowledge, he knows who will accept this truth and who will reject this truth. He writes it to a people uh, in the area of called Asia Minor, these select churches. He writes it to pilgrims because at the end of the day, we are all on a pilgrimage, that this is not our final destination. We're just traveling through right now. And so the reality is that Peter, the, the apostle Peter, the one who was who we would say that was the leader of this apostolic movement at the time, Peter, who is mentioned more than any other apostle in in the Gospels, that is, that Peter is being charged with, with encouraging the believers at this time because during this exile, the Babylonian exile, the church right now is experiencing great uh, persecution during this moment. And so the church has been forced to uh, has been forced at this time to mobilize and and to spread out because of the intent the, the, of the the excessive persecution and the intensive persecution they were facing in Jerusalem. And so the church right now has spread out. Churches have spread out and, and, and during uh, this time, Peter writes and he talks about uh, this hope that we have here in verse three. He talks about this hope and he and it's interesting that Peter is going to talk about hope because uh, on Holy Week, you have that Peter, Jesus told him, you will deny me. <laughs> about three times. And so you have Peter who was at one moment, he was hopeless uh, because they, he was, he was like the rest of the apostles who felt as though that they thought that the Messiah had come and that he was going to set up his kingdom and everything was going to, you know, we were going to rule with him. And, and, and when they saw Jesus get arrested and die, it literally took the very life out of them. They were scared. They all scattered. Because they did not know what would happen to them until the moment when they realized that Jesus through Mary Magdalene going down and saying, hey, Jesus is alive. And Jesus showing himself to them 
where their hope was restored. Jesus pulled Peter off to the side. He said, do you love me? He says, yes, master, I do. He said, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep. And so at that moment, what Jesus did for Peter, ladies and gentlemen, is restore him back to life. In the midst of his hopeless state, he restored hope to Peter. And so Peter right here is doing the same thing for those these this this these areas of churches that are located that are found in verse two of first Peter chapter one, that he's helping to, 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 to restore and to remind them of the hope that we have and the hope that we have, ladies and gentlemen, is living. Uh, I want you to comment there and say that the hope you have is living. It is <coughs> it is active, ladies and gentlemen. And so the hope that Peter is talking about, ladies and gentlemen, it is the hope that we it is it is not the kind of hope that we use to stir positive thinking for the moment, but does nothing for us beyond the grave. So we have this idea or this new age philosophy is positive thinking and thinking positive and having positive thoughts. All of that is fine and it is great, but it's it's it is really it's really if it's not rooted in something or someone it's all it's it's all empty so the reality is ladies and gentlemen that hope as the world would look at hope ladies and gentlemen is a hope that is centered around uh, uh of wishful thinking or hoping that something it's all probable but what he is talking about and the hope that peter is referring to ladies and gentlemen is a hope that is sure that is reliable, that is real. What we have and why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday is the reality is that when you look at an empty grave, there is facts here to believe, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus is who he says he is. And what makes it a living hope is that Jesus is alive because our hope as believers is built on the person named Jesus the Christ. First Timothy chapter one, verse verse one says, Paul and the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. So what makes our hope living, ladies and gentlemen, is based on the person of Jesus being resurrected from the dead. That is what makes our hope makes our hope that we have living because he is living. That the that the grave did not defeat him, but he defeated it. And because it did not defeat him, it's not going to defeat you. The more, no matter what pandemic is in your way, it's not going to defeat, defend, defeat you because you because you have the power of God living on the inside of you. And you have the oh, my God, the hope of all glory helping to sustain you through no, no matter what is going on in you and I's life. And so the hope that we have, ladies and gentlemen, is not based upon wishful thinking. It is not based upon just thinking positive and that's good and all. But that's nothing for, oh my God, that is nothing for the life to come, ladies and gentlemen. What we have and what does he mean by a living hope is that the hope that God has given us is eternal life. That's what makes it living hope, ladies and gentlemen, that despite the earthly benefit we get from positive thinking and motivational hope, these have no meaning. But what it has is what we have in Jesus Christ being our living hope ladies and gentlemen and through him we are being able to access eternal life is something that is sure something that is real something that we oh my god listen here to listen to me real quick eternal life is and, and, and living it and the oh my god in heaven is as real as living here on the earth 
It is real. Now, hallelujah. You, you and I are just traveling through this life. This is not your final destination. See, you're going to spend eternity one or two places. It's either heaven or hell. And the way you get an access eternal life is through God who gave his son Jesus to Christ for you and I, that whoever will believe on him shall not perish, but they shall have everlasting life. And so right here, ladies and gentlemen, Peter is being very, oh my God, expressive and helping them understand that this living hope that we have. Matter of fact, what Peter first does, he says, bless it. He said, blessed be God. In other words, when he thinks about the hope and the internal security that we have, he prays God for it. See, the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, why are you being afraid? You should be praising God that no matter what is around or facing your life, I praise him for the hope that I have. So he praised the Lord. He said, I pray, blessed be God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy. Let me give you point one, ladies and gentlemen, is that this God, the father is the source of our hope, ladies and gentlemen. And that source of our hope, God being the source of our hope is that he gives us this living hope through mercy. He says, he says it right here. It says, it says that he says his abundant mercy has begotten us again. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, what he's saying is that his mercy is what allows us to access this, this, this great hope that we have, which is eternal life. He said it is because of the, that's why I love Lamentations 3. He says, because of the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. It is of the Lord's mercy while God would give, not give us something that we deserve. And it's his mercy that makes it, oh my God, this hope available to you and I. And he makes it available to you and I. It is his, his mercy provided the way for us to be saved, ladies and gentlemen. His mercy provided the way. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says, But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, verse 5 says, Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. It says, But God who is rich in mercy. That means he has an abundance of mercy that there is that God does not run out of mercy he has an abundance of mercy hallelujah I want you to type in the comments I say I thank God for mercy I thank God that he was merciful with you and I that he gave up something that was so precious to him hallelujah and he gave it through his son Jesus and he said I begotten you the way that you get to this is that you have to be born again you do not access this hope without being born again, ladies and gentlemen. What it, when this word means begotten, ladies and gentlemen, what it means is that someone who has, who has received new life in Christ, those, ladies and gentlemen, the elect, the ones who have been, who, who, who given their lives to Christ, who surrendered to Christ, to them, ladies and gentlemen, because they were born, regenerated, they are the ones who have the access to eternal life. He said those he so so God provided the uh, mercy mercy to us and, and 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 through his son Jesus and 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 through his son has given us a living hope. Point 2, hope in Jesus Christ gives us an inheritance. 
here, here we have it that Peter continues to go on, ladies and gentlemen, and he says it right here. He has begotten us to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse four says to an inheritance that he gives it plain that is incorruptible and undefiled. Hallelujah. That the hope that you and I have because it's living is incorruptible. Hallelujah. It, it is, it is, it's incorruptible that the inheritance that it, it is not fading away, ladies and gentlemen, it, it, it meaning that it will last forever and ever. Ladies and gentlemen, that is undefiled, that it cannot be polluted, that it cannot. Oh, my God, because of the hope that we have, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. You and I have an inheritance through Christ Jesus. And let me tell you something. You worried about what the world has, as you can see with all of this pandemic stuff. What the world has is fading away, ladies and gentlemen. But what God has to offer is far greater, ladies and gentlemen, than anything you can get down here. That there is an inheritance that is stored up for you and I in heaven. That not only can we just experience that in heaven, but this internal life is something that we experience now. We have it now. It is something that is, that, that is not something that we gain. It's something that we have now through Christ Jesus. It's not the fact that I wait to get to heaven. No, I have it now. I'm living in it now. I'm living in this abundant life now. I'm living in under the inheritance now for my life. Let me tell you something. When you give your life to Christ, ladies and gentlemen, you get access to an inheritance, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. That means that you are inheriting something that was left behind for you. When Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, ascended, he left behind his spirit, hallelujah, to dwell with you, to be an advocate for you, to be a helper, ladies and gentlemen. Not only did he leave his spirit with you, but he he left every spiritual blessing for you and I, ladies and gentlemen. That is the hope that we have. The hope is when you receive Jesus Christ, there is an inheritance that is stored up for those who believe. And that's why we don't hope like all the others do. We don't hope like the world does because it's wishful thinking. They can have all the plans or whatever like that going on. But our, oh my God, our hope is sure. It is something that we have. God left an inheritance ladies and gentlemen an inheritance that we will receive a new nature in Christ the Bible says if any man be born in Christ he is a new creation all things are passed away and behold all things are made new ladies and gentlemen and not only do, not only that but when we get to heaven ladies and gentlemen there's different rule that we would rule with him oh my God that if we suffered with him the Bible says we will also rule with him that the inheritance that been left behind is that God changed our position hallelujah we went from my God God changed us from being sinners to being saints God changed us ladies and gentlemen for being beneath but now above God changed our position and not only that that we have a heavenly wealth is our inheritance Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says in him also, we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. It says, Paul said it in him. Also, we have obtained an inheritance. 
Hallelujah. Come in there and say, I got an inheritance. I have an inheritance. Yes, Lord, I have it, an inheritance. Jesus had it available for me through receiving him. And then the number three I want to give you as we're going to close tonight. There's a third thing I want to give you. Hope in Jesus Christ gives us an assurance. It gives us an assurance. Here's the thing that I like what Peter did. Peter said this. Guess what? All right. You have an inheritance that is incorruptible. It's undefiled. That means uh, that's undefiled. It ain't changing. It's not fading away. It's already reserved for you. Right. And then here he says in verse five. I love verse five. I've been thinking I'm going to park my car here for a second. It says who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Can I deal with a word called kept for one moment? Here's the reality. Everybody is trying to figure out what in the world is going to happen right now. When is this pandemic going to be over? People are being laid off. Businesses are being hurting right now. Church leaders are wondering what is going to happen with them. Everybody is in limbo right now. But the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that God is a keeper of the brethren. Hallelujah. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that there is an assurance to our inheritance, ladies and gentlemen, that God would keep us. The reality is, it says it here, the word kept, ladies and gentlemen, in the Greek is a military term. It is a military term that is used, ladies and gentlemen, to to uh, protect by a military guard, either to prevent hostile invasion to keep the inhabitants of a besieged city from flight ladies and gentlemen peter uses a military term because he understood he knows that the people in asia minor that was a providence of rome would understand this military word hallelujah that god is a protector in other words that he can keep you from any forms of disease that god is a keeper a sustainer of oh my god if you deal with a little financial hardship that god is going to keep you because that is the hope that you and I have tonight ladies and gentlemen that I love him in his word that when Jude says in chapter 1 verse 24 it says now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling hallelujah that he's able to keep you from stumbling and he also to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy that he's able to keep you and I he's able to hold you and up that is the assurance that you and I have so why are you worrying why are you going to sleep not being able to sleep not oh my god sleeping in peace or anything like that because the reality is God is a protector he is a sustainer he is a preserver and some of you are learning the oh my god the character of God through this situation that he is a preserver of those who trust him, that he's a keeper of those who trust in him that this living hope that you and I have that is eternal life works for our good now that God is a keeper that he covers us and oh my God he doesn't leave us alone but even oh he oh my God the military he causes his angels charge over you and I ladies and gentlemen hallelujah that he causes his angels charge he says I get my angels charge over you ladies and gentlemen what I'm trying to tell you is you have an assurance tonight and you need to walk up 
confident and bold and the assurance that you have and the hope that you have tonight. And you cannot be wavered. You cannot allow the news media. You cannot allow what you see on social media. You cannot allow even the thoughts of people around you to start creeping in you. But this is the moment. This is the time for your faith to arise in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ in the hope that you and I have to be able to know that God will keep me in perfect peace if I keep my mind stayed on him. The reality is Psalm 121 is something that I love. Hallelujah. It, 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 Psalm 121, ladies and gentlemen, really speaks of God's preserving. Hallelujah. It speaks of how he keeps Israel. The Bible says in verse 4, it says, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Number one, let me tell you, for those of you who thinking that God is not doing anything, while all of this is going on, the Bible says that he neither slumbers nor does he sleep. Even when Jesus was in the grave, his body was there, but his spirit wasn't. Hallelujah. His spirit was yet working while he will. Oh, my God. While his body physically body was in the grave that even for those that in that between time Jesus went down and he preached oh my God in hell and began to take the keys from the enemy letting those who felt before he got there and brought them home to their oh my God to their destination ladies and gentlemen let me tell you something God is not sleeping God is concerned about you he just says he neither slumbers nor does he sleep he is not slack on his job hallelujah he's paying attention to it and guess what God is going to teach you not everything God is going to remove from you but he's what he's teaching America what he's teaching the world what he's teaching and bringing believers back to is understanding that I am God I am a preserver and if I don't remove something from you I'm going to keep you while this is going on because that's a part of my nature here it says in verse 5, it says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Verse 6 says, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul say God will preserve my soul that God will not allow the elements of the world to oh my God to 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 take me out he's gonna keep me and sustain my soul some of your soul is restless but he said I'm gonna preserve your soul and verse 8 says the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore that guess what not only does he sustain me here but sustains me eternally hallelujah that no need that you have will never go without oh my God God will never go without meeting your need whether here in this life or in the next ladies and gentlemen this is the assurance that you and I have a living hope that you and I have and the Bible says thank you Jesus and this hope hallelujah shall not be disappointed hallelujah and I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight but you're living in a world you're, you're you're in a moment right now where you feel hopeless you don't know where to turn but can I turn you to the good news that we have in Jesus Christ who is still the hope of the world who is still the one who is and is to come let me tell you tonight that you have an assurance that is through Christ Jesus 
and it shall not be disappointed. It says those who look to the Lord, their faces shall be radiant without shame. Without shame. How is your business going to be sustained? Why? Because God is going to keep you. How is your family going to be sustained and you're laid off? Because God is going to keep you. How in the world are you going to be able to uh, deal with your mental illness that you because God is going to keep you. Oh my God. But if you're not, oh my God, if you're not convinced or if you're, if you're not convinced of this truth, you're going to bow in the midst of oppression and you're going to allow that to overtake your soul. But can I encourage you tonight to understand that you have a living hope. Then guess what? If you don't know how to pray for yourself, uh, the whole that we have is Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. Not only is Jesus making intercession for you, but the Holy Spirit is making intercession for you through moanings and groanings. That, oh my God, that men cannot even utter, that you don't even understand. He's praying for you. Can I help you? Can I help us tonight? This is what resurrection is all about. The resurrection and the living hope that we have, ladies and gentlemen, is in the fact that Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, let me tell you something tonight. You're going to live and not die to declare the works, oh my God, of the Lord. Come, oh my God, let me tell you something tonight to hold fast. Oh my God, hold fast. Hold fast to your confession of faith. Understanding that he who called you is faithful. He is faithful. He is. He is faithful. I want you to say out there, say, I have a living hope. I have a living hope. Hallelujah. I have a living hope. I have a living hope. I love what Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says as I come to a close. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. Ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus died, the veil was torn. And guess what? With that veil being torn, your hope is going. Oh God when that hope that you have when you put your trust is so anchored it's so tight it is so steadfast and sure that no matter what may come your way the waves may be blowing but you're still staying still I encourage somebody to be still and see the salvation of the Lord I encourage you tonight that you have a hope and it shall not be disappointing and that's what we have in Christ Jesus. Peter says, who are kept by the power of God. Why does the people, why did Israel, when they came out, they didn't look like they'd been abused because they were kept by the power of God. Why is it that everybody else and you, you feel in the same effects, but why is it that you're coming out looking better on the other? because I was kept by the power of God that's what makes him God it's the ability to keep those who oh my God who, who who the ability to keep those who don't even know how to keep themselves and that's why his people will always come out looking better than those of the world because of the hope that you and I have listen if you don't know Jesus Christ I want to offer you to him I want to offer you this hope that I have. Many other people around the world have who they put their trust in God tonight. I want to encourage you to put your trust in God. Listen, let me tell you something. If you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, you're lost. If you don't know who he is. I encourage you right now to give your life and open up your life to him. Let me tell you something. 
It is as simple as believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. What, I'm going to have a question for you. What would happen if COVID came knocking on your door and you were at the break of not, under, not knowing if you're going to live or not? Where would you go? If you don't know if heaven would be your home, let me tell you, my friend, you're destined to go to a place that wasn't meant for you to go. And that's hell. But if you give your life to Jesus Christ tonight, I'm not telling you that everything's going to be easy. I'm just telling you, you won't be alone. That the God I serve is a keeper. And he will keep you tonight. I promise you he will. If you say, listen here, Pastor B, I drifted away from God and I want to rededicate my life to him. You as well. God hasn't left the relationship. It was you who did. But God is not holding that over your head. He's saying, come. He's right there, arms open, waiting for his child to come back and return. If you're looking for a church home, and yes, I put that out there to you, because just because we're not at a physical location right now, you can still be a part of the family of God. You need to be connected to a place, even in the midst of this. You need some people feeding your faith in the midst of all of this. You can make transformation your home no matter where you live. This can be your church that you say, I'm connected to this altar here at TCF. That whatever it is, I'm telling you tonight that you can be in a place where you can grow. I thank God.